Okay, this question's from Todd. Yep. Is there a movie in which you enjoy the soundtrack more than the movie itself? No. <laughs> Next question. Thank you so much. 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 Todd asks, is there a movie in which you enjoy the soundtrack more than the movie itself? Yes. Uh, so one, uh-huh. which we're actually going to get into at some point. Yeah. Conan the Barbarian. Oh, interesting. Soundtrack rules. Movie also kind of rules. Yeah. But the soundtrack is great. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Uh, we'll get more say, into that later, though. I was going to say Guardians of the Galaxy, honestly. Oh, yeah. It's a fine movie. Great soundtrack. I was also going to say, uh, and this is maybe like a stereotypical answer at this point, but uh, Tron 2. Oh, absolutely, yes. We, we both love Daft Punk, so that's kind of cheating. Yeah, no, but I mean... it's The soundtrack's super good. Yeah, it's super cool. There aren't a lot of like just straight up singles or anything. There's a couple that are like, that kind of hold up in yeah. that way, but it's just cool to listen to. Yeah. And Tron Legacy, is that right? Yeah, Tron Legacy. Tron Legacy is a very cool-looking movie mm-hmm. with a garbage script. I mean, even if I just... This is maybe isn't fair because this would apply to a lot of other movies, which I like, too. But if I would just add up the amount of time that I've spent listening to the soundtrack versus the amount of time that I've spent watching the movie, not even close. Sure. Well, and it's... Like 100 to 1. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's two different things, yeah. for sure. I'm trying to think if there's any other ones that are really jumping out at me. I, I You know, I've seen other movies where you know when you get done with a movie mm-hmm. and you kind of liked it uh, and it's kind of like that scene in 30 rock where you're like well the sets were really good you know well, <laughs> oh like and a, she's like complimenting jenna's bad uh, yeah like a backhanded compliment yeah i'm sure i've had that a lot of times walking out of a movie where it's just like well the music was cool yeah totally. like kind of to no one i kind of had that with phantom thread Oh, interesting. Um, you didn't like Phantom Thread. Not really. I thought it was great. That actually, but that is a good one. I believe there was another question from Ross. I can just jump into this, which yeah. is what, what are your, some of your favorite movie soundtracks? Oh, yeah. And anything by Johnny Greenwood mm-hmm. is just awesome. Mm-hmm. I just remember, it, it's kind of like if you notice it, but in a good way. Yeah. If you notice it in a bad way, then it's just clunky and stupid. Yeah. But if you... Like when I was watching There Will Be Blood for the first time, I just remember in the mm-hmm. theaters, the all of his stuff is really atonal and weird and really pressing and driving. Yeah. And it it adds to making you feel really bad. Yeah. I know what you mean, though, about... Noticing it so- in a good yeah, way. The soundtrack is sometimes a part of a movie where people typically, if you think about it too much... They yeah. probably made a bad one. Yes, totally. But I think that one, you're right. That yep. one was very good. But it, so every once in a while, you'll stop for a second, and you'll be like, this is really kicking ass, and you mm-hmm. know exactly what it is. It's because <laughs> the soundtrack is so cool. Yeah, well, and especially because a lot of the times when the soundtrack's really good, it's because it's like an action movie or something. Yeah. Like Inception, or, you know, like that yeah, is one where Inception people absolutely walked out of the movie being like, that soundtrack well, ruled. And, and it's... it's a plot point in a way too. Well, true. The blah yeah. blah is a slowdown. Yeah. yeah, or like Jaws or something. Oh yeah, you sure. know, like that's very attention grabbing. Or Halloween. Yeah, honestly, but, but that's more of like a it's shocking. Anything you. John Carpenter writes. Yeah, or even uh, the thing he didn't write that one. Ennio Morricone did, but that one's also it's very fantastic. good though. Those are really good. Um, yeah, those are the ones I lean toward. Is just what was like what the was was synth-y. his just favorite movie soundtracks? 
Was that yeah, right? I mean, he asked us like four, yeah. so we'll, we'll get to Ross him. No, Thanks, Ross, Ross knows how the podcast gets made, so he knows. <laughs> just like, hey, if you just want any content, I'll just ask you every possible I'll movie question. crank him out. You I can... was going to say other great soundtrack that I think people absolutely will walk out of it being like really noticing it in a good way. Yeah. Good and the bad and the ugly. Oh, yeah. Well, just once the again, best. Neil Morricone, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, that's why I thought of it, yeah. I'm sure. I love that. Th- that movie's so good. We'll have to do that one someday. Because oh, that would be awesome. That's one of my favorite movies. Yeah. Uh, the soundtrack is great. It's kind of like, sorry, it's really boring, I'm sure, to like talk about, like, yeah, the soundtrack is good. But. <laughs> yeah. That's, we, we haven't really talked about them a lot, partially because if... The we're not, time a, we we're really, not a music podcast. No, the only time we've really gotten into it is when we're doing a whole episode about one movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it, it's part of it. Right. Totally. Well, and and also to be fair, I I'm guessing Ross listens to a lot of movie soundtracks. Oh yeah, which I I do at times, but it's not like a thing that I necessarily focus on unless it's really good. I know there's actually one I'm thinking of now. There's a an artist who does movie soundtracks for like like It Follows and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I think it's Disaster Piece. He also does video game soundtracks, and so I'm like way into video game soundtracks. Sure, so, but. It's like the 80s synthy stuff. Yeah. I like the throwback to 80s synth because mm-hmm. I'm just obsessed with anything that sounds like a video game. Yeah. Because my brain is just in video game mode all the time. <laughs> yeah. I want to write music with like the NES ch- sound chip yeah. or whatever. And so <laughs> anything that even gets close to that, I'm all the way on board. For. Well, and I think the movies that we usually end up talking about, usually I don't think are movies that lend themselves to that. No. I mean, like we do some like sci-fi or whatever, but... It'll be, like, from 20 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> or else we'll do... Like, a lot of the soundtracks that I really like are ones that you would never listen to because they're very nothing. Yeah. Like, Valhalla Rising or something. Where <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just, like... You couldn't really describe this as music, probably. Right. It's just a lot of, like, plinks and plunks. Creepiness. Yeah, totally. So... Do you think that's any good divorced from the movie itself? Would you ever listen to it? I, mean, I would never think to a, look it up. That's maybe the difference. Maybe that's it right there. I think we hit on it a little bit. Is that like, is a good movie soundtrack one that actually just enhances the movie more? Or is it yeah. one that's good on its own? Yeah. Because there are plenty that are good on their own. Yeah. Like the Daft Punk one, for example. Yeah. And, but that does enhance the movie somewhat, too. Like, the really good ones are like Lord of the Rings, obviously. Where it's yeah. like, okay, this... When you're watching it... It's enhanced. You're not noticing it, but it's making you feel things yep. in the movie itself. Yep. So, I guess it's really just defining what's a good movie soundtrack. Yeah, everybody's got their own metric. Uh, the other movie soundtrack that I just thought of that I remember like going home and looking it up. I'm like, I need to hear this. Yeah. Was Annihilation. Oh yes, that one's so cool. I that is like. I wish I could just go and just chill in like a place that has movie theater quality speakers. Oh yeah, and just listen to that. That's I think a good argument for going and seeing movies in the theater again if yeah. you can, because yeah. that's a having reason, that sound set up. Yeah, that's a reason for why I hope that there will always at least be some. Yeah, you know for sure. Man, that was a good one, and mm-hmm. I also like that they've taken that you know, in terms of like. They they take that weird soundtrack and like put it on other soundtracks to imply how weird they are. Like yeah. someone did that to the Cats trailer and put the oh, Annihilation really? soundtrack over it. It's really awesome. It's like, oh yeah, this is a, this is terrifying. Yeah, yeah, it's it's like a shorthand. I yeah. and I think that was the last one, at least for me, in a while that became that ubiquitous. Yeah, 
like I mean the last one before that I mean the last one I can think of is an in- Inception yeah where the blomp blomp yeah. thing just got into every trailer for like four years. It became years. a shorthand for drama. Yeah, for serious like <laughs> or for something. This will blow your mind. Yeah, yeah. in some way, <laughs> your world is collapsing around you. Yep. Yeah, exactly. While like the Winnie the Pooh <laughs> trailer is going or whatever. You know? Yeah, exactly. This bear never wears pants. <laughs> Which I gotta say, Winnie the Pooh's got a bad rap, I think, because. Uh, <laughs> He wears more clothes than most bears. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... Anyway. <laughs> this isn't a Winnie the Pooh he's, he's, podcast, though. We're talking about movies. He's a stuffed bear, so yeah. I, I don't know. He right. doesn't have genitals. It's fine. It's true. <laughs> Why are we freaking out about Winnie the Pooh? Yeah. Donald Duck probably does have genitals because... Yeah. Animals He's, in the Disney universe have kids. He, yeah. He has nephews and stuff. He definitely... And none of them wear pants either. Yeah. Think about that. <laughs> <laughs> Next question. Here's a question from Chase. Mm-hmm. I'll extend a question to you that Film School Rejects posted today. Which director do you think has had the best movie-making decade? That's a good one. Uh, I think, I mean, tough to tough to answer just because you know there's so many decades and so many directors. <laughs> Where to begin? Actually, that's funny that you kind of jokingly put it that way because that is one of the hard things about movie questions. Yeah, is that they're very they can be very broad. Yeah, and so, we're we're always trying not to come up with the same people who we've already talked about. Yeah, so my I mean my go to. For me personally, is the Coen Brothers in the '90s? Yeah, I mean they released what like six movies, and each one of them were basically perfect to me. Yeah, I mean you could say the Hudsucker Proxy did not do very well, but, sure. But everything else, like Miller's Crossing, Fargo, Barton Fink, and then The Big Lebowski in '97. Mm. Yeah, like man, what a run! It's pretty good. That's crazy, and you win an Oscar for Fargo. Yeah, and so they're. High up on the list for me. Mm-hmm. Um, another couple I was thinking of. I, I was actually thinking of this decade. Like, who really stood out for me and That's has been a good one. has been prolific. Mm-hmm. And uh, the person that came to mind eventually was uh, Denis Villeneuve. Yeah, because he. I mean, he did Arrival, which mm-hmm. was incredible, and he did Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Also incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, I have not seen Prisoners, but everyone keeps talking about how great Prisoners is. Did you see that one? I think I did. Is that the one where the guy kidnaps the guy's kid? Yes. Yeah, I saw that one a long time ago. Okay. Clearly didn't make good. much of an impression. <laughs> it's, it's not as good as those other ones. Not but. quite a good, as good of a... No, but I mean, just in terms yeah. of someone who did not was not on the scene really if that makes sense yeah it was and kind now, of like his first decade so to speak yeah and now everybody knows who he is and he's doing dune you know what yeah, i mean oh, like that's, that's great that's crazy to me well it's gonna be oh and also sicario oh that was i love one. sicario like like can you think of a better run be- that's from pretty good. sicario arrival blade runner mm-hmm. that's insane yeah and then he also did uh enemy and prisoners so but that's that is next level. Mm-hmm. No one's had a, a decade like that, I think, in a while. Yeah. Of even, I mean, even if you look at some other directors that are up and coming, like none of them have gone. I think. Let's put it this way: 
he's the only person when when you say oh he's uh, gonna direct dune like yeah. something as big as dune you're like Oh yeah, that's the right scale for him. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. worked his way up to that. He <laughs> natural, naturally, he's working his way up successfully to the least filmable book of all time. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and I think he's going to be really good. The first uh, director that I thought of mm-hmm. when that was posed, yeah, was somebody who actually it's not going to pan out, but I'm going to mention it anyway. I'm ready. Uh, David Fincher. All oh, of this yeah. stuff is spread out in such a way yeah. that it didn't work. No, so, I R- mean RIP that idea. There's like two every decade that are pretty solid. Yeah. I mean, cuz you know like Seven of Fight Club both great in the 90s. Yeah. And then in the aughts you had Zodiac, Zodiac and Panic Room is good. Oh yeah. I mean, that's not like It's a, not like insane or anything. Yeah. And and you know, Benjamin Button I wouldn't say is that great either. But so, then, yeah. Girl with the Dragon Tattoo and the and, Social Network and the Social Network and honestly, Gone Girl were all pretty good. So then he moved to TV though, so yeah. it's like whatever. But uh, he, he's solid. I would, I, you know, yeah. I think he's had a good career. I just don't think it's all in one decade. Uh, I mean, the obvious one that I was also going to say, Francis Ford Coppola in the seventies. Yeah, basically cheating. Yeah, that is basically uh, cheating. But, but it, that's really good. But we basically haven't really done him much. We just, we I guess did we, did, we did a plot now, which was. Yeah. Pretty solid, but what else has he done? Uh, basically, in that stretch of time, he did The Godfather, mm-hmm. The Godfather Part Two, yeah. The Conversation, and Apocalypse Now. That's a pretty good run. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's not bad. That's pretty good. Okay, so another one I thought of, and we've talked about him some on the podcast, was John Carpenter in the eighties. Oh yeah, I think that he. I mean, you know, that's post Halloween, mm-hmm. but you get the thing, um, and they live. Yeah, and well, shoot, now I got to look it up. I just want to make sure this is all in the right decade, you know, like because he did do some stuff in the seventies as well that were yeah. that was good. But this one was oh, Escape of... from New York is in the eighties too. Uh... So I mean, like, like, and just in terms of the the reason I say him specifically is that all of his stuff that he did was so influential in terms of like the people that saw that and would go on to make movies that were like it, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, everyone that influenced everybody. Mm-hmm. And then that made me think of who was a little even more influence, influential than him in the 80s, James Cameron. Yeah. James Cameron in the 80s was really rocking it. He crushed it. Yeah. I mean... You, this, this was a hard one for me because a lot of the people who I would be into yeah. are people who really kind of spread it out. Yeah. Like, I was going to... Like, Kubrick... I didn't really put out like the sixties was pretty much the only decade he put out more than like two movies. Yeah, and it was, and one of them Spartacus, right? Which is like the worst one. Or uh, Catherine Bigelow, who I've frequently said is one of my favorites. She really spreads them out. Yeah, I mean, like, not. I don't think she had one super big one in. She had one super super big one in each decade, right? Pretty much. Uh, I mean, so you'd say <laughs> the ninety, like in the nineties, is Point Break in the. 2000s it's hurt locker in yeah. the 2010s it's zero dark 30 zero dark 30 yeah i'm i'm looking at david lynch's stuff but he oh man that's really a whole uh did a lot of music videos <laughs> <laughs> i mean mulholland drive that's my one oh, 2001 yeah. i think is when that came out. out that one really um rocks. you were we already talked a little bit about him but pt anderson obviously oh yeah what what would you say is this de- I mean this decade's was pretty good Master Inherent Vice and uh, Phantom Thread yeah but oh man yeah the, he's boy I don't know like this is a tough question yeah 
<laughs> too I, many, too many people. I like my, I like Denis Villeneuve. I think yeah, like, he's my one. recent one that's really good. Yeah, I, I'd stand by that. I, I am curious, Chase. I'm curious to hear what you have to say. Let's um, get him on. We'll have you on. You know what? Here. I wonder if Chase might say, "Oh, because uh, he's been wanting to talk about Edgar Wright." Yeah, <laughs> that <laughs> is a good one. Yeah, he had a big 2000s. Yeah, but that's the trick. Is that I mean. Scott Pilgrim came out in 2010. Didn't make the cut. So it's really just Hot Fuzz and Shaun of the Dead. Mm-hmm. So, but then 2010 to, to now was Scott Pilgrim, World's End, and Baby Driver, which are all solid. Yeah. But it's only three. Once again, I feel like you got to have volume and you got to have yeah, just like like a perfect run. Mm-hmm. So it's tough to say. And I'm sure we're forgetting like a million like ones where actual film critics would be like, <laughs> yeah. what are you talking about, man? Yeah. Speaking of that, I do want to actually talk about that question. What? Uh, I believe Ross... Let me pull up the question a sec. Ross asked another question. Uh, best slash worst movie reviewers out there? I'm going to say best one, Armand White. That one, <laughs> that one guy who was the I, only person who didn't like Toy Story 3. I knew you were going <laughs> to... That is kind of perfect. It's very like, funny to I me. I like that he exists because I love that people who take Rotten Tomatoes too seriously... Yeah. Need to just get over themselves. Yep. It, it, <laughs> Who cares? First of all, Rotten Tomatoes, because something gets a 99%, that does not mean it's a perfect movie. Yeah. That means 99% of people Thought gave it... was it, at least okay. Yeah. Gave it over <laughs> like a 70. Yeah. That's like a passing grade. It, mm-hmm. Like, it's 99% passing grades. Yeah. That's not an aggregate of all the <laughs> grades combined. Not every yeah. single person gave it an A+. Plus. Yeah. So... <laughs> 99% still great. Like, yeah. Who, like, who cares? What's the problem? Yeah. What, do you think they're not going to make another one because yeah, Armand exactly. White didn't like it? And what's the bragging rights for that? Like, wow, this this production studio that I love so, so much. It's so sad. It's like people who just root for Disney and Marvel and like whatever. people it's who like, went to the one like 80 times so that it could beat the record. Yeah. What? <laughs> Insane. That's the saddest thing you can do. Loyalty to a corporation is psychotic <laughs> it's just, just it's i i just find it to be purely just a bummer yeah it's sad they don't care about you so yeah. anyway <laughs> sorry matter. we had to go on our typical rants yeah now we can get back uh, to the question yeah, the which is question. best and worst movie reviewers armand white i love that <laughs> he exists because he's a contrarian yeah that's funny love it like and his stuff is so crazy <laughs> yeah <laughs> if you ever read any of his reviews it's like, where are you get? Like, did you watch the same movie? Uh-huh. But that's kind of why it's so awesome, too. Yeah. Because it does not seem like he's watching... It's like he's watching the movie through his own lens of, like, something must have happened to him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he it doesn't even seem like he's smart enough to be doing it on purpose. Like, yeah. he likes making people mad or something. Right. He just really thinks this way. Yeah. He's really the most contrarian man alive. It's awesome. It is really awesome. And I will, so I on, support him. Completely entirely. on the other side of it, yeah. in terms of popular views of of reviewers, yeah. in a very basic way, I have to say, Roger Ebert oh, was legit great. Roger Ebert was one of the best ones of all time. Even the ones where he gave a bad review for a movie that you end up liking, sometimes he would come back and be like, I got this wrong. Well, or the best ones is movies that sucked. Oh man, he that he makes me want eviscerate. He movies. makes me want to do more stuff about movies that are bad. Yeah, totally. On the podcast because it seems so fun. Yes, the way he, he was having it. a great time eviscerating stuff. Yeah, that man, always ruled. He is great. Like mm-hmm. I, you can. There's another movie podcast I used to listen to for a while, and um, his thing he would always 
he'd have a guest on and they'd talk about their favorite movie. Mm-hmm. And the last thing he would always ask is, what did Ebert say? And then he'd go to the Ebert review yeah. if it was one that where Ebert was still alive when the movie came out. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're generally... He's a great reviewer. Mm-hmm. No matter what movie it was, he was he just knew how to talk about it, and he loved the history of it, and he just loved movies. That's the thing that yeah. I think with a lot of critics, and I hope I consider us. I don't know if we are, we're really critics. Nah, we just I like know. to talk about it. I th- I think we talk about criticism. Yeah. But anyway, I hope that if you listen to our criticism, you hear that we obviously love movies. Yeah. It's I think it's obvious too. Yeah. But and also criticism, all it is is a lens. For which, for you to see the movie in a different light, you know, ultimately yeah. it, it's not the end all be all. It's not because Armand White gave it an F. It's just your the, personal distillation of exactly. What's it's up like, there. all right, here's how I viewed it, and yeah. hopefully someone sees that and they interpret connect it in with it way. in some way. Yeah, exactly. So I did want to talk about. I, I was thinking of like people who are doing stuff now. Yeah, and so there's one that I really like, just for like a jokey reason, and then there's one I really dislike. Then we'll get more into yeah. the one I really like is uh, this reviewer for the AV Club. His name is A A Dowd, mm-hmm. and everyone calls him B B Dowd because he never gives any movies an A. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is just such a great. <laughs> it's so funny. He's like super mean. Like the whole joke is that uh, if he whatever letter grade he gives it, you can give it plus one more grade, yeah. and that's what he actually or that's what like people will generally think of it. Yeah. And so if he does give something an A, it's just like go to the theater. It's now the best movie it. ever. Yeah. yeah. He actually gave uh, Knives Out an A minus. Wow. Which I was impressive. He just really liked it. Wow. There was one other one that came out recently that he also gave like an A. Oh, um, Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Okay. He gave like an A, like a straight up A. Wow. Which is like wow, this must be the greatest movie of all time because <laughs> if he gives it an A, that's insane. Yeah. Do you actually read his articles and stuff? Yeah, I, I read his uh, movie reviews on the AV Club. Are they good? I go to the AV Club a lot. Yeah, he is actually very good. Um, mm-hmm. He talks about it in a way... Uh, I mean, he's he's pretty brief. Like, yeah. You know, it's an AV Club movie review, so it's maybe... Yeah, they're not meant to be... No, they're long. not huge. It's just like, get, a, get in and get out. Yeah. And he does... You know, he goes over the plot a little bit. He tries not to spoil it or anything. Mm-hmm. and But he does give you the tone of like, this works, this doesn't, this is why. Sure. And he gives, a, I think, a good and coherent argument. Even if when I don't agree with him, I respect him. Yeah. And so, on the other one, mm-hmm. worst reviewers, like actual bad reviewers, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know, have you ever heard of Film Crit Hulk? Yes, I am familiar. Okay. <laughs> Are they still doing the Hulk bit? Okay, I'll get into that. <laughs> so, for those of you who are not acquainted with Film Crit Hulk... Film Crit Hulk was like some stupid bit started by some dumb idiot. <laughs> was that on Twitter originally? He, I think so. Um, he's this guy, and his whole thing is that it was like Hulk, but like film criticism. He talks like the Hulk. Yeah, so he's, it's like in all caps, and he says, like, me or Hulk, or like he's using yeah. like third person pronouns. Hulk think this. Yeah, whatever. And like, very bad grammar. Yeah, and it's like impossible to read, first yeah. off, and so like trying to read one is just like, like, it's headache inducing. Yeah. It's awful. There's also an AV Club commentator who does like a cookie monster bit. There's also <laughs> like is funny after like one and after yeah. like five, you're like, I hate you. Why I are you doing this? I hate you. Yeah. This is awful. So <laughs> anyway, Film Crit Hulk did that for a very long time. And then eventually he switched over to trying um, to just become a legitimate yes. online person. Still went by Film Crit Hulk. Yeah. Would like write for like Vanity Fair. Oh, what? But also go by yeah, that's like his, you know, nom de plume or whatever. Yeah. Oh wow. But uh <laughs> what the whole 
thing of like doing the third person me Hulk say this or whatever. Yeah. Hid was sort of hiding that he's a huge earnest dork. Yeah. He's just and this is actually does he talk about superhero movies oh, a lot? Yeah, all the is time. Is that like the is that there was one I looked up. I, I I just um I just looked up film crit Hulk and I started looking at links and there was one <laughs> Oh, this is this one was just like okay. This is like distills everything. He did like a like a two thousand word essay on uh, Pickle Rick, like the Pickle. Oh Rick no! And it's like really serious and earnest. Oh no! And it's like okay, I enjoy. I mean, I enjoy Rick and Morty. Great show, funny show, great show. Don't yell Pickle it's Rick like, at anybody. It's like <laughs> intro level philosophy that episode. It's yeah. just basically like oh, this guy who is avoiding conflict at the end. Yeah. Like, cool. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. But. It's just like this huge thing about like not wanting to confront your own personal demons. Oh wow! And I, of course, I did not even make it all the way through because it's so earnest. He and didn't dumb. do it in the voice of the Hulk, right? No, 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 okay, no. He, he's passed that in like 2015. Got it. But um, he got. It's like he's writing about it like it's the culture wars a little bit. I hate that so much because everybody who like really relates to rick a lot yeah they're all just the most like oh yeah i'm so burdened by my extreme <laughs> intelligence yeah oh, it's like it's the weirdest humble brag ever it's insane but that's i mean so beyond that anyway anything that he writes about yeah. is just this level of earnestness that i absolutely hate and and applied to things that it shouldn't be applied to. also that yeah. yes for sure because there's things to be earnest about of course absolutely. not pickle rick not pickle rick <laughs> um so what it reminded me of, a, a couple things. One, um, there's this podcast, going to plug uh, Anime Sicko's great mm-hmm. podcast. Mm-hmm. They talk about how in order to like something, you also have to realize uh, how bad it is. Yeah. They talk about this with anime specifically, yep. it's, which is a very important thing. But like, <laughs> it's like he is writing about these things and not realizing how obviously stupid it is as well. Yeah. Like, you got to be able to see what people will hate about it. Yeah. You, you have to have that level of self-awareness. And it's a level of self-awareness that they absolutely... That he does not have. Because nothing is perfect. And if you're not willing to even entertain the idea that this is silly, especially if it's something like movies yeah. for, like, a general audience, that this is silly or this... Yeah, this doesn't make sense, but whatever. Yeah. You know, like, at least even acknowledge it yeah oh for to the, sure to the level that you would need to do to not take it as seriously well, just, as he is just acknowledging like for i mean the pickle rick one is great it's not even a movie but yeah. it's like <laughs> it's a, like the perfect example of like not even being like if you were aware of like how dumb this was going to sound you just wouldn't do it yeah and he is oh, not yeah. that and he clearly doesn't do that having like, some idea that a person who isn't you is reading this yeah, <laughs> and, they're, and they're seeing you, you know, from the outside. Yes, and so this actually builds into a bigger part of I'm going to call it film Twitter mm-hmm. of people who, since they're film critics, but they also like things that are quote unquote low taste, mm-hmm. that they have to like write about it as if it is like high culture. Yeah. So, for example, um, there's this other person on Twitter. Her name's Priscilla Page, mm-hmm. and she writes about John Wick like it's. Like it's the Godfather, like, or like Francis Coppola directed it. Like it's the Odyssey. <laughs> yes, actually, yes. Like ah, finally back to the grand myth of a guy yeah. shooting people because they're mad at they killed his dog. Yeah. Like it's it drives me insane. And you know, you and she's she, and she's fine. She's yeah. got some good takes too. She had, she defended Once Upon a Time in Hollywood yeah. very strongly, which I was like super into you, because that needed the defending. Do you think people do that? Like with the John Wick thing, do you think people do that? As like a hook, 
to get people to look at what they're doing? I think it's two things. I think one, it is a hook because for them it's like, ah, I talk about low culture like it's high culture. Yeah. But also I think it's them defending the fact that they feel slightly embarrassed about yeah. liking these things and still being a critic. Yeah. And so much of this and don't get me wrong it's cool to like this stuff john wick is awesome it's awesome i've i saw three in the theaters and i was losing my mind it was yeah. really fun yeah but i'm not gonna go around being like this is at the same level as parasite well you know it's a spectacle exactly like it can be and and even you know like speaking of spectacle like the whole argument of like scorsese versus yeah marvel like they're different things yeah but but in in terms of like you can like that's why Scorsese's right. I think is because he can recognize that like, hey, some of these have different functions, and that is okay. We don't have to talk about all of them in the same way. Yeah, and and that's that's all this is. Well, and that the the industry doesn't really serve both of them the same. Yes, you know, like we don't this you don't have the same advertising structures that are going to work for both or the right. same distribution structures or whatever. Yeah, and like Black Panther is going to serve like a whole wholly different population than uh the Irishman. The Irishman exactly. Out. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And are they both like entertaining? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Do they both serve entirely different purposes? Yes, also absolutely. There's and not that's like fine. Yeah, that's there's good. There's not like this big Irish population that's like, ah, finally representation in media. <laughs> like that's not yeah. the point, you yeah, know? It's like different. Yeah, it's and also there's not like people watching it who are wanting to like forget about their problems probably. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is a great part of the spectacle movies. Exactly. Yes. So it's funny because when I think of movie reviewers, I typically think of like A. A. Dowd or Roger Ebert, yeah, like you mentioned, yeah, yep. of people who briefly describe movies that just got released mm-hmm. in as a way of recommending them to people. Okay. Right. Sure. I don't take in any of that yeah literally the only movie critics that i trust are like my friends oh yeah <laughs> who know sure. me and they're like they see it and they're like hey you'd like this i'm like great yeah, I would. um <laughs> but i do take in a lot of i guess like film criticism sure but of things that are like very long form youtube videos or oh, whatever yeah you do watch a lot of <laughs> you know film youtube yeah a lot of those are good um obviously we talked about red letter media before right i don't even watch like their actual reviews they do yeah. put those out i don't really watch them because i just can't think of how often i've ever gotten convinced by a movie review for sure it never yeah. happens they're um, they're an interesting case specifically because mm-hmm. the obviously all of the star wars ones were so influential yeah i know a lot of people viewed the prequels mm-hmm. and i'm still like an episode one apologist kind of yeah. but for like I can I can openly admit that uh, like none of them are good. Sure, of course. Sure, but at the same time, like the further we get away from that, yeah, the more it's like, oh wow, like they and they I, became underrated, kind of <laughs> yeah. like just in the in terms of how unique they are. And this yeah. doesn't have to be all about that, but that is I think also to a larger point of how film criticism changes based on you know obviously outside context. Yeah, so yeah. film criticism now. Like, people reanalyzing movies from 20, 30, 40, 50 years mm-hmm. ago, that's that's a huge thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, stuff holds up in different ways Yeah. if it was ahead of its time or behind its time. I mean, it's it's ultimately, like, we've talked about, like, the Moby Dick thing where it's like, you know, Herman Melville wrote Moby Dick and it wasn't popular. And yeah. then World War One came around and suddenly this whole, like, book about uh, camaraderie among men yeah. uh, became, like, this huge thing. Yeah. And the culture had to change in order for it to be popular. Yeah. And movies are a lot... And, and criticism is the same way a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I kind of interrupted no, your that's fine. YouTube thought here. Yeah, but. yeah, yeah. 
there's the other ones though that I always enjoy are ones where uh it's a, a category which I will describe as people taking a movie way too seriously. <laughs> okay. Um there's this one guy his name is Big Joel and he does U- YouTube <laughs> reviews and he he has reviewed like all of the um I think that's all the like 3D animated DreamWorks movies. Okay. Including like the really bad ones. Like Shark Tale. Like Shark Tale or whatever. Over the Hedge. Oh, I, um, I remember that. I and, saw that one. Uh, and there's another guy, his name is Jack Saint, who does a lot of the same thing, but with different movies. Okay. Um, they're, oh man, I just love it. when To see somebody talking about like Toy Story or like Shrek or whatever. Yeah. And just like going way too far with it. And just... <laughs> <laughs> Analyzing it like... like it's like it's the godfather like yeah it's... like jack saint had the the one about oh what's that movie with the high school with all superheroes oh yeah um i don't remember he just had a, this whole like literally like 40 minute video about how it's basically fascist ideology it's incredible <laughs> i love it or about how toy so... story is all uh like a religious thing <laughs> Yeah. Oh, interesting. Because like, people typically look at the the toys being kind of like in a weird slave relationship. Yeah. But he's kind of like I think it's actually more like a god relationship. Oh. Yeah, I think that's the point of criticism in some ways of giving you a lens to watch the movie in a different light. Yeah. You know, and it's not the only thing. I just like that definition of yeah. film criticism because yeah. it lets you absorb that person's perspective, take it or leave it. Yeah. And then once you, you know, and then you can see how it fits with your view of the movie and if it mm-hmm. fits well, mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's it's you interpret you pull it into your own interpretation. I think and the if thing, it doesn't, whatever. Yeah. I think the thing I like about that is and I think the thing that we've talked about a lot on here is mm-hmm. looking at a movie that a lot of people connected to and just be like, "Why?" Yeah. Like, why would millions of people all think that this is compelling. Yeah, for sure. And like, I think that is, um, oh, I think, I think that's interesting because I think people are interesting. Of course. It's, and, it's sociology in a way. Yeah. It's like a weird form of sociology. That's also fun. Yeah. Uh, which is kind of cool, but that's also probably is why I love shoehorning weird things into it. Yeah. You know? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Which it does make I mean, it... what else are we going to do? Right. Well, I mean, that's what's the point of this podcast? Yeah. We just want to talk about things in a weird way. Yeah. It's great. Speaking of that, I have a good another good question yes. for you and I think yes. you will probably have a good answer for this. This is from uh James. Oh, uh, yeah. AKA Jimmy. With Pennywise and Joker's success, it seems the world is embracing clown culture. <laughs> Do you believe now is the right time to make a biopic on the rise and fall of Bozo the Clown? <laughs> Thank you, Jimmy. Uh, first of all, yes, obviously. I'm into it. I'd watch um, that movie. Tell I, me, what, do you have like a treatment for this? Absolutely not. Okay. <laughs> I don't even remember if Bozo the Clown is a real clown or not. He is. He is, okay. he is a real clown. I mean, it, in terms of that... And this would be had, presumably based on his real life behind the screen. I don't know. Or would we can, it be? We can break this down now. Um, he doesn't. There's no like canon story for Bozo. He's just a guy. It's it's like uh, Captain Kangaroo or whatever, where he just yeah. show up. It's a kids show. He was probably already a clown. Let's cut to a cartoon and just did what his gig, what his routine was, just with a TV. Yes. Okay. So knowing nothing about Bozo, what is the story? Like Jimmy mentioned the rise and fall. <laughs> I don't know. If- <laughs> Look. 
We clearly don't know enough about Bozo the Clown. <laughs> That's why but, we're writing this. But I would like to veer this into a, a very similar but completely different direction. <laughs> I'm ready. Okay. Of how has there not been a John Wayne Gacy movie? Oh my gosh. Clown and serial killer. That's like everything that we actually... Right? Right? Wow, okay, that's... that's... That's free money. That is free money. Like, it has to only be because no one's allowed to do it, right? Yeah, that's the, the Venn diagram on that is enormous. It's it's infinite money. Yeah. So, like, I mean, why did that Obviously, clowns, we're for in those, a clown renaissance. Like for those Jimmy who said. don't know, John Wayne Gacy was a serial killer who was a clown in his spare time, I guess? Yeah. Did he kill, did he kill kids? He was, yes. Okay. So, yeah. what he would do... Boy, and just go listen to the Sufjan Stevens song. You'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah. now, he would. He lived outside of Chicago. He would. He was a clown mm-hmm. part time. He did other stuff too. But like, he would uh, find like teenage guys and lure them to his house and kill them. Yeah, and uh, you could, and you can cut this out if you want. You could also, uh, if you wanted to make really infinite money, that plays in perfectly because you can. Uh, plug into conservative american sphere of chicago oh yeah there you go no <laughs> infinite money yeah you're hitting it all you're hitting all the points yeah this would, damn that would make a lot of money i know yeah Clown, or i mean clowns man and yeah clowns. <laughs> well and the thing is like i feel like serial killer movies are very hit and miss on their own yeah i know they did the ted bundy one with zach efron or whatever oh yeah do you remember yeah i was seeing previews for that mm-hmm. like yeah, i didn't watch it i mean of course, I'm not gonna watch it. <laughs> but that you at least get the discourse of, I mean, well, and that's the thing now. I mean, even like Mindhunter, mm-hmm. I feel like really made serial uh, like seeing in the mind of a serial killer like cool in like TV form. Yeah. Um, who was it? Ed Gain or whatever? No, who's Ed, the one that's Ed Gein is Ed, the one. Ed Kemper. Ed that's Kemper's the one. The one in Mindhunter. So that actor showed up in the new uh, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo movie hmm. that I watched when I was home for Thanksgiving. I didn't even know there was a new one. There is a fourth one with uh, Claire Foy, the woman that is the queen. Uh, okay. In the the crown. Yeah. And she was uh, Elizabeth Salander. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, it wasn't very good. <laughs> but uh, the guy that plays Ed Kemper was a hacker. Ooh. And uh, you see him, you're just like, whoa, <laughs> it's Ed Kemper. Like, he's always going to be Ed Kemper. Yeah. That's the other thing is that if you play a serial killer and it's like a breakout role for you, you're always going to be that creepy serial killer, dude. That would be a tough one to break Who would you of. cast for John Wayne Gacy? Uh, he's a big fat guy, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't know. I just I don't know enough about him. <laughs> We're clearly this is going to be a huge success. We're very now. You guys know why we actually watch the movies usually <laughs> and plan ahead. We definitely are not so good at like coming up with it on the spot. We can't unfortunately just riff on any topic. I'm looking up John Wayne Gacy now. See who he looks like the most. Oh, he has an interesting face. I can't. I can't figure out who that would be you know he's got a little bit of a jack black going on maybe oh that would be good um, uh that guy who's playing richard jewell who was in the name or the not nancy kerrigan movie the oh yeah that guy would be the great tanya harding movie it, here's the question is could he carry a whole movie by himself he's gonna be richard jewell 
Oh, but that's yeah. a weird one because it's I don't know that's gonna be weird. Anyway. Is that the Clint Eastwood one? Yeah, that's part of why it's gonna be weird. Gotcha. Okay, so for background, that's the guy who was accused of the bombing at the 1996 Atlanta Olympics. Correct. He was and a security guard. Ultimately, was found innocent. Yeah, he because didn't do supposedly it. the FBI messed up or something. Uh, basically, they thought that he did it just because he was a weird guy. Largely, he was one of those yeah. guys who like really wanted to be a cop. Oh, and couldn't do it and became a, a security notoriously, guard. Notoriously cool group of people. Yeah, and that's a group of people who frequently will commit crimes in yeah. an attempt to ingratiate themselves with cops, like Mun- Munchausen by proxy, but like as a Ed cop. Kemper. Oh yeah, there you go. There we go. So cops really had this idea in their heads, and then Richard Jewell's lawyer basically was just like, "Don't talk to the cops now." Oh yeah, sure. Um, yeah. And so it basically just dragged it on for like months. Interesting. Anyway, we're on a big tangent. So so ultimately, Bozo the Clown movie <laughs> coming. The earliest I think we can get it out is 2021. Yeah, but we're working on it. If you want to help us with the script, mm-hmm. um, tell us any information that you have about Bozo the Clown. We refuse Who to is look he? it up. <laughs> what did he do? <laughs> <laughs> I think he. I think he's also tied to Chicago in some way. Oh, I don't know if that's true or not. I'm gonna. Okay, I am gonna Google it because I want to know if Bozo. <laughs> We're really just riffing. Bozo the Clown. Oh, so okay, so Bozo is basically like franchised. So there were a bunch of. Hmm. There were a number of bozos at one point, and I believe that he, you know, like local shows could have their own bozo. So, so I think could, like there are a lot of like different stations that had their own bozo. So the you could make a movie about uh, the original bozo, the clown, losing control of his this property that he has, you know, to the corporate machine. Oh yeah, because be um, WGN had one had one called Bozo Circus. That's where go. it is. Yeah, so that was obviously WGN in Chicago. Yeah, so that makes sense. So he wasn't started there, but he I associate him specifically yeah. with there. I remember seeing a couple episodes as a kid and I not having any opinion on it. <laughs> <laughs> like, yep, there's a clown. Yep, that is When was clown. the last time clowns were interesting to kids? Was there ever a time? I remember going to the circus as a kid and not caring about the clowns well, at all. Right, absolutely. Like by the nineties, absolutely passe. Why is the Joker still like considered interesting? You mean like in in the like, sense that he's a clown? Yeah. Why do we find that, like, why is that cool? I'm... We don't have to dive into this, <laughs> but, like, what? It's so why? weird. Yeah. Like, like, ultimately, it should be like, you like clowns? That's weird. I don't know. I'm sure there's something there about him being, like, like the fact that nobody does care about clowns anymore so, like, the fact that he's trying to present himself as a clown yeah, did, and have it be a positive thing to everyone is off-putting to us. Sure. Did like you see... Somebody, if you, like, saw somebody who's really trying to make it as mm-hmm. a clown in your life, you'd be like, what's wrong with this guy? <sighs> Man, that's sad. Like, clown college <laughs> is a joke. Yeah, people do say clown college. That yeah. was, that was like, Liz Lemon dating multiple people who had yeah. been to clown college was a, a funny joke. So, I don't know. Is there something there? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Did you see the 2019 Joker? I haven't yet. I did you to. see either of the It movies? I saw the first one. Was it good? Uh, I went with Danica, and we laughed out loud a lot <laughs> at times where I don't know if that was the goal. They weren't going for that. So ultimately, I between the two of us, capacity. I would describe us as clown experts. I <laughs> I would say I enjoyed it with a sense of ironic detachment. Okay, cool. <laughs> Which is probably not how it was meant to be consumed. We really nailed this one, folks. <laughs> Sorry. Thanks, Jimmy. So, 
Uh, this is one from Joe. I don't have the exact wording, but I remember the que- him yeah. asking the question. It's kind of buried in Twitter DMs yeah. now. But uh, the question was, the movie Parasite, the, the movie takes uh, takes a turn about halfway through the movie. Mm-hmm. He, was, he asked basically, uh, would it be better if it was just the first half of the movie where there was just poor people tricking rich people mm-hmm. um, into paying them money? And you... you I haven't seen it. (laughs) Look, here's the thing. I haven't seen a lot of the movies that have come out this year. (laughs) Which is a weird thing to do as somebody who's trying to make a movie podcast. Yeah. So I just want to assure all my listeners, don't worry, I'm still wasting my life. (laughs) It's just not I'm watching new movies. (laughs) I've been watching a lot of other things been playing very old video games. Yeah, of course. Uh, today I watched a stream of a Dutch guy playing Roller Coaster Tycoon. That was great. Y'all, we're, we're doing it. <laughs> no, me, I do want to see this movie. It's you, awesome. I you have should answer seen it. it. And uh, Joe and I have talked about it a little bit. Mm-hmm. I will say, on one hand, I love the, the twist. I, I mm-hmm. love generally just the turn that the movie makes. Mm-hmm. That being said... I would absolutely watch an entire movie of just like poor people tricking rich people into giving them money. Like, yeah, that sounds that makes me want to watch it even more than. Oh, I really it's did. so yeah, awesome! I gotta, I gotta go find it. I mean, ultimately, it's just like a great. The whole thing's about class. I'm mm-hmm. trying not. I'm so trying so hard not to spoil it. I think you have answered the question appropriately. Yes, but and I wish we could riff more on this, but we'll do it later. But yeah, it's oh man, it's so awesome, and and they do and. That is such a great part of the movie is the poor family is like poor but very cunning. Mm. And the rich family is rich and nice but dumb as hell. Nice. So um, the the excuses that they come up with <laughs> yeah. and sometimes even how badly they do it and how they just get away with it. I think also speaks at like how a lot of people just aren't aware. Just don't think that hard mm-hmm. in life in general. Like mm-hmm. especially this rich family does not. Um, yeah. This... A very early scene that's actually in the trailer uh, is the the son is the first one to kind of get hired, and mm-hmm. he is talking about this uh, six year old kid's art, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Oh, it's a chimpanzee," and the the mom is like, "It's a self portrait," and he's just like, he sits there for a second, he's like, "Amazing," <laughs> <laughs> and and just passes it off like passes uh, it off like it's no thing. Like I want to watch that now. like. When there are, it does such a good job of being like, yeah, there are people in the world who just inherently trust other people. Yeah. You know what I mean? And are just gullible like that. <laughs> and so, and the people who are inherently trying to trick other people, they know that. Yeah. They don't just know that, but they also know. They can recognize it. Probably. Yeah. And, and they know how to work with that in such an interesting way. And so he does, and you know, he does the whole thing where it's like, Oh, I just thought of someone. Like, and he said this setup for a long time. Mm-hmm. Just that kind of thing. Just the way that they talk. Oh, it's incredible. Like, it, it is. Parasite's truly, I think, the best movie to come out in 2019. Damn. And it, and we'll have to just. I'll have to watch it. and We'll have to just review it. For oh, real. we're absolutely going to review it okay. once you watch it. We'll but do the whole thing. I will. I will say that it needs to be nominated for best picture. And if it's only nice. nominated for best foreign film, I'm going to be sad. Yeah. Because it was better than any movie I've seen this year. Nice, it's incredible. Very so, good recommendation. Yes, so I would, I would absolutely watch that whole first half. I did like that it like shifted gears. Yeah. So yes and no. Sorry, bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, bad answer on my part. We also, when we were talking about this and the fact that I hadn't seen the movie, yeah, uh, we were gonna see if there were some other movies 
that kind of took a turn. Oh yeah, and you wanted to expand that a little bit. Yeah, that was, that's good. So I was gonna, I was gonna shout some out at you. Yes, I'm ready. See what you think. The one that I think people would all say if they remembered that it existed. Yeah, Hancock. Oh, you remember Hancock? Yes. <laughs> wow, I hated that movie. Yep, and it was kind of shaping up to be like, oh, this is kind of a funny yeah. critique of this thing oh that my gosh. at that point hadn't even taken over our totally culture yet. forgot about that movie. Wow, but yes, you're absolutely right. Hancock was a real garbage pile of a movie because of the ending. Because, mm-hmm. it's, because, because of the turn. It was a superhero movie that ended up being about like they were immortal Greek gods or some Very crap. bad. And that they like had to fall in love or something. Like no, it was Or no, they couldn't like avoid they couldn't, falling in yeah, love. Yeah, they had yeah. to avoid each other. The, yeah. They had to be away from each other because when they got back together they started remembering things about themselves and they were like would lose Dumb, their powers and bad. something. Don't tell me more about it. I hate it. <laughs> so you've, Have you not seen it? <laughs> no, I have. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Just I just want to forget it. I saw that one in the theaters. Me too. And, uh, <laughs> wow, that's a great one. But I saw but, it in a cheap theater. Yeah. Uh, Sunshine. Oh, interesting. Where they got um, on the spaceship. I disagree. I like... Okay, so here's the thing. The The thing that generally people say about Sunshine is that the third act find, uh, introduces a villain, or the second act actually introduces a villain that is a little unrealistic. Yes, I completely agree. Sure. It is unrealistic. Mm-hmm. I don't care. It's co- so cool. Well, yeah. It's awesome that a guy looked at the sun so long that he went insane. Yeah. That is awesome. I think... And that his name is like Pinbacker or something completely yeah. maddening like I that. I think if a lot of... And I can't speak for literally everyone, but I would say most people if that in that movie would get themselves in one of those situations where they kind of like those parts of it were like a lightning rod for what they really didn't like about it was just yes. like the very heavy tone change yes oh that's true absolutely because i because I, right. I i like the tone because it was the... very bleak yeah because like when it's yeah. like oh well this the shield is like five degrees or no it's like one degree off and so our communication tower is going to get burned yeah unless this guy goes out and sacrifices himself and kind of just the slow bleakness of the whole yeah. situation like it was like a harrowing like it, it's exciting because it's so like Pulling your tension so taut, yeah. and then suddenly this guy comes in who's just like cutting people with knives. Yeah, and I think even like Sunshine would be one of those. The earlier part of it, I think, is something that people can kind of relate to. Yes, of almost like that everything is kind of falling apart. We can't really stop it. Yeah, you know, and that's uh, that is actually great analysis. Yeah, I didn't think of that. I just like it when a crazy guy shows up. I just like that idea because <laughs> yeah. it's so insane. Yeah, uh, that's and, a good one. So yeah. the last one that I have yep. is Million Dollar Baby. Oh. Oh. No. It's got to have that. You think so? You're just talking about just the ending, right? You're just talking about the stool. Yeah. Um, like, if it was just like a... Not that it, it... If it was if it was just Rocky, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. okay, that movie got made. Like, well, it, it would... I mean, it would still have had different elements to it, you know, apart yeah. from being a very straightforward boxing movie. I think that's the only part of it that's truly memorable. Like, like if it was just Hillary Swank, like, learning the box. It's like a like, crabby old boxing instructor. Yeah, like, that's fine. I mean, yeah. we... Like, that's... It was good. And it was, like, the best version of the one that had been done. Mm-hmm. But that, that ending, like, that's, like, the first... I mean, and honestly, I think that's the first time that... And that was at a time where euthanasia, or not even euthanasia, but, like, 
willingly taking yourself up. Yeah. The right to die, essentially. Yeah. Was a, a thing in the media. Yeah. That was like right after Cherry Shavo and all mm-hmm. that. And so that was like a real lightning rod, I remember. And like, and, but it was one of those things where no one talked about it. And then you saw the movie and you were just sure. shocked. Yeah. And, and it was, uh, it was cool. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, like it was, a, it was a good movie. It was a good ending to that movie because it doesn't have to mean anything necessarily, yeah. but yeah, it was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. it was memorable. I, that is definitely the thing that, made it memorable yeah right that's, on the, that's the trick and yes. like i so i only watched it like when it came out yeah much. like oh, i didn't yeah. catch, like I in seen theaters since, i've only watched it once i'll never watch it again yeah and so like that's why i'm a little bit of a maybe sure just because sure, sure, sure. i remember watching it and i remember being not like mad about the ending yeah but a little bit like feeling like that kind of came out of nowhere oh sure yeah you know it, it, it was like it was, very, it was very jarring which i'm sure it was meant to be jarring because it's about tragedy yes and the, they are jarring in real life of course but like i was a teenager so <laughs> <laughs> you know? isn't that a weird thing where yeah. it's like i watch i watched mulholland drive and like like as a high schooler yeah. <laughs> like that's like Total one, nonsense that's yeah did i understand it at all no like have i watched it since 2003 i have not do i still think about <laughs> yeah. that movie yes yeah absolutely so, yeah. if i watched it again would i enjoy it i don't i don't <laughs> want to try because it's like such a perfect thing in my mind now that yeah. i never want to see it again yeah so anyway yeah okay so i've got one more um that i think will be a good one to mm-hmm. wrap up on and i've got to definitely have an answer for this one Uh oh this is from chase he's coming it, in hot from a different chase Uh-oh. chase h multiple chases did Casey Affleck's character in Gone Baby Gone make the correct decision at the end of the movie? I'm going to come right out and say no. I have not seen the movie. Yeah. I don't know. Did he? What do you think? Did you see the movie? There's another one that I saw once. I don't remember. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Chase. We really let you down. Uh, we will watch that movie and get back to you. That's, a, that's what's funny about what we're trying to do <laughs> talking about movies it's a very specific one there are so many times where we'll start like riffing on a concept yeah or like an idea and it's like i don't know man there's so many movies <laughs> you know who's to say if someone's done this or not we haven't yeah. seen a movie or just like whether or not this kind of a thing works in movies i don't maybe are we bad at this <laughs> i think there's just too many of them okay that's fair and I think uh, that's why I like to do those ones where we talk about like a movie. Yeah, of course. We like the deep dive is good. Yeah, because we actually know it. What we're talking yeah. about a little yeah. bit. Yeah, and I think that's been the most the funnest part of it for me, of making the podcast has been having an excuse to watch a movie that I like again. Yeah, or watch See a movie that I've heard time. is good or heard is terrible. Yep, and like just think about it too much. Yeah, absolutely. And just like talk about it because as we've kind of joked before this is the kind of thing that we are already doing anyway we did i mean it and we've done this is episode 50 baby yep. we did it and we, we just decided 50. we just decided to turn the microphones on yeah and edit it pretty much <laughs> yeah i don't know it's uh, great to have an excuse to do that thanks to everyone who has uh decided to listen to this for 50 episodes or 10 yep. episodes or even just like tune in because if you're just i was listening too annoying to, about it once if you're just listening to this one weird choice i guess yeah i mean <laughs> hey this is as good an intro as any yeah sometimes we get into ones you might like sometimes we've actually seen the movie yeah <laughs> sometimes we know what we're talking about but if you want it i think the best part of this for me is that uh it has led to more interactions 
with my friends mm-hmm. on on Twitter or outside of it. Just someone listening to one of our episodes and mm-hmm. texting me and being like, "Oh man, Predator! Mm-hmm. I just I finally watched it and I love it. Yeah. Now I'm gonna go watch all the rest of the Predator movies." It's given people a strong excuse to be like, "You know who would like to hear about this?" Yeah. Tyler and Jordan. Yeah. They would like to hear that I watched Terminator oh, 2. Oh, it's for the so first time awesome. Ever. Because so, we do. So please uh, interact with us in any way possible. I'm not going to give you my phone number, but we've got. Honestly, if you ask yeah, on Twitter. Uh, well, yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, but uh, I'm at Jordan Erickson. You're at So Much Tweets. Yep. And you can also interact with us at So Much Movies, and we Holler will absolutely see it. I had somebody um, Facebook messaged me about the God's Not Dead episode. No way. Which is great. That's awesome. Uh, I've been thinking about God's Not Dead nonstop. <laughs> <laughs> we could record probably three more episodes on that, couldn't That's we? That's a whole other Just thing, on though. the first one. <laughs> yeah, so um, please interact with us in some way. And if you... You could review it on the iTunes thing if you uh, want. Whatever. I don't care. Like <laughs> we're not trying to like have a big podcast. No, like it's not about that. No, like you said, we'll never do ads. We'll never do a live episode. Uh, and uh, no. <laughs> we're gonna keep doing this as long as it's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, we do have a Patreon. You can get some extra episodes. We're yep. gonna try very hard to update that more. Yeah. Thank you to all the loyal people who yeah. have been paying for our hosting costs. <laughs> yeah. Um, with some episodes, we will give you more. Yeah. We're back on it, baby. Mm-hmm. We're in it to win it. I'm back can... on my bullshit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, um, final, any final questions that we missed? Probably not. Here's a question from Anonymous. <laughs> what are you guys doing to assure that you don't become like one of those old web comics where like the last thing they ever posted was like, we're trying to do, I'm, I'm going to, I promise guys, I'm going to be posting a lot more soon. <laughs> We're doing nothing to ensure that. Absolutely not. We will We will never be consistent. That's the dream, is to have an eternal shrine. That's the big downside of this, though, is that it does cost money to host. So I would love to have an eternal shrine to us planning on doing it more. Yeah, and then never happening. That's the dream. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we got to have <laughs> like a... Like an old webcam. <laughs> they all have that. It's always website under construction. And yep. guys, I'm going to be posting more soon, I promise. I promise. <laughs> Gonna get my second wind. Yeah, I'm not gonna drop this for the yeah. next six yeah. months. <laughs> so that's my goal is to get to that. But you needed a good backlog, so that's why we're doing at least 50 episodes. Exactly. Here's to <laughs> at least 10 more. <laughs> <laughs>